Hey y'all, guess who's back? It's DJY here, David James Young with you for another episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I hope life has been treating you as well as it has me this past week. I'm officially back. Um, I was in Melbourne uh, for the Poison City Weekender, my fourth year going to Poison City Weekender, and it was an absolute blast. I had so much fun, I got to see so many great friends, and so many great uh, bands, and I, sometimes a combination of the two, uh, as the title of this podcast will have you believe, and also got to record some really, really great chats while I was down there, so uh, plenty to look forward to in the coming month for the podcast. So cheers to everyone that I saw down there, looking forward to doing it all again next year. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, uh, then there are two awesome shows happening tonight at Beat Disc and Blackwire, respectively, uh, two of the best record stores in Australia, in the world even. Let's 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 go nuts. Why not? I love both of those places, and I always love getting out to shows for both of them. So, at Beat Disc, Iron Sheik, who have just been touring through the country, they are going to be playing tonight with The Optionals and Hannah Band. That's 15 bucks, and it will kick off about 8 o'clock. Meanwhile, at Blackwire Records, Making are launching their debut album, High Life, and that is going to be with Mere Women, Marcus Whale, and Black Vanilla, which is going to be super, super cool, a really mixed bill, uh, launching one of my absolute favorite albums of the year. Then tomorrow we've got I Love Life. Yeah, the big, big celebration happening at the Metro Theatre. Smith Street Band, Andrew Jackson, Jihad, The Sidekicks, Post Blue, Oslo, Hannah Band. It's going to be crazy. And Iron Sheik, actually. Yeah, they're playing that too. So it's going to be absolutely awesome. Can't wait for that shit to go down. The guest on the podcast this week is Jack R. Riley. Uh, Jack is a... Oh, how to describe Jack? He's been around for years and years and years as a shapeshifter of sorts, I'll say. Uh, He's a very versatile and very intriguing uh, singer-songwriter who has had the opportunity to play with some really, really awesome people over the years. Uh, He's done shows with people like uh, Will Wagner, Lincoln LaFever... Last year, he also got to do a show with Kevin Devine, which was really, really cool. He's a really sweet and really, really uh, charming guy. Anyone who has met him will attest to that. And he has just launched his brand new single called Submerge. You can check that out on SoundCloud. And uh, you can also pick it up on Triple J Unearthed as well. So, uh, yeah, just search for that. It's a really, really lovely song. And uh, it's yet another shift in direction that I'm really, really intrigued by. We had a chat a few weeks back, Uh, it's taken a little while to get around to it, but uh, I think it's a really lovely, really charming chat, so uh, I hope you guys dig it. Next week on the podcast, I can finally reveal one of the biggest and coolest and most interesting guests that we've ever had, Earthboy. That's right, Earthboy of Elephant Tracks, uh, The Herd... Uh, figurehead of Australian hip-hop, mogul of Australian hip-hop, if you will. We had a chat down at uh, Elephant Tracks uh, offices in Marrickville, and it was super, super cool to have a chat with this guy. 
I was a huge, huge fan of his before we became friends, and I still am long after we've become friends. Uh, he is one of the smartest and most worthwhile people in Australian music genre regardless, so I'm super, super keen to share that awesome, awesome chat that we had. And that's coming up for you next week, but for now, let's get submerged eh, into this chat with Jack R. Riley. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Jack Richard Riley. Hello. Thank you so much for remembering my middle name. It's a very <laughs> special middle name. Hey, it's part of... If you take out the itched, that is your stage name. It's true. <laughs> I'm glad. I always want to know, why did you go Jack R. Riley instead of... Is it, Was it like a... Did you want to make yourself sound more like an author? I sort of did. <laughs> I, I sort of did. I just thought... I didn't want to just be Jack Riley. I didn't think it was there was enough in it. Right. Put an R in there. All of a sudden, <laughs> top shelf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. it's novelist, I wanna, Jack R. Riley. Yeah. I also had this idea of it being separate to like my real life, in inverted commas. Right, right. But it, it's totally the same. <laughs> I'm now more Jack R. Riley than <laughs> 2011 Jack Riley ever was. <laughs> That's okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you become your own creations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are here at uh, upstairs at Zanzibar in Newtown. We're just sitting by the fire. It's very romantic. I don't think I could ask for a nicer spot to be doing this yeah. this thing. Hey, there's an open fire. Um, on my knees, desire on my knees for you. Oh, oh, good song though. Thank you. Very good song. Um, <laughs> that was your first album, right? Uh, that was the first album I ever bought. That's right. What was yours? Corn issues. Oh, I think. I think I got Living End. I got Midnight Oil, Redneck Wonderland for Christmas. Oh, no, for nice. my birthday. Nice, nice. And I got the Living End first album for Christmas. Year went by. I had money. I think for my next birthday, Corn yep. Issues. Perfect. Mm. You gotta love it. I do. <laughs> All right. So uh, we should we should uh, give a brief history lesson on on DJY and JRR. Mm. Uh, this goes back to two thousand and six. Yeah. Do you remember the times? I remember it almost too well. I'm trying yeah. to think of what else has happened in my life. <laughs> like this should be a cloudy, <laughs> foggy memory, but it's clear as yeah, day. There it is. <laughs> uh, so there's there's Jack Riley. Uh, all of you would have been 16, 17? What year was it? 2006, I was 16, turning 17 that October. 16 going on 17, <laughs> uh, as the song uh, will have us believe. And, and the hills were alive. With the se- Yeah, quite literally, because uh, you were playing in the middle of a park. I was. Uh, and I was there with a couple of friends, and you were playing with a band called Laceration. I certainly was. And I'm imagining it now, like uh, yeah. the beer that you have is gone. Well, most of it. 99 oh, percent gone. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, it was shaped into a goatee. I had a, I had a like a, I don't know how to describe it for the people at home. It was, it was a goatee that restricted only to my chin, mm. like a very trapped or Nickelback sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I listened to those bands, but I, 
didn't quite get the system of the down. But, it uh, was like reaching the re- system of the down. Not quite getting there. Uh, and so that was the chin, and we move up to the hair area, and uh, we are going for Davey Havoc. Yeah. Circa 2006. Yeah, that with was his infamous black fringe. That was big time for me. Big time, right? Oh my god, man! That you couldn't escape that goddamn record. I couldn't, and I no one I could. didn't want to. I yeah, thought it was exactly. fantastic. I thought that was the first time where I was like open to pop music and like alternative music being. Yeah. Like it's always been like like it's not it's like always been a case of pop music and alternative music are quite linked. But I always had this weird late two thousands like it's not I don't know how long it's existed, but it's like us and them. Like I'm so alternative because I like Frenzel or something. Yeah, yeah. But they're on ads for Wonderland. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But um, that was the first time where I was like openly like this is by far like a pop record. Had some heavy bits on it though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could justify it. I was justified, justified <laughs> yeah, yeah. pop. Totally I thought, justified. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was the first time that I consciously was like, "This is pop and rock, and it's good." And it all uh, amalgamated into laceration. Laceration. So this is this is my entry level into the world of Jack Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Let's talk about laceration. I'd love are, are you to. prepared to talk about laceration? <laughs> I, mean, I know you, you have done your best to bury <laughs> this band. I have deleted the MySpace. <laughs> um, look, uh, I'm happily, happily, happily. Okay, talk about so that time. talk us through the formation and creation and ultimate uh, rise and fall. A and E behind the music. Yes. Look, laceration was sick. It was a sick time to be in a band. Like I was, I started listening to music when I was sort of nine, nine or ten. Right. And every single thing in the world was a barrier between me and getting on stage and playing music. You know, that's how I saw things. I saw it was like, there's lots of things in my way learning how to play music. (laughs) That was the first one. Um, But I was so determined, I guess. I guess that's the best word for it. I was really, really wanted to to play live and uh, be a musician. So in my head, I was like, well, I'm a musician already. I just haven't got an instrument or a band. But that's how I sort of decided to start looking at life. Like I was right. already yeah. like a, I was, mind you, I was what, like a nine or ten at this point. So I didn't have any idea how the world worked or anything. But um, then I uh, found some friends in, uh, some friends about, family friends from uh, Newcastle. Also, Newcastle Week. Yeah. I listened intently. It was great. Um, it was a month, but close enough. Yeah. Well, the one week I listened to it. Was, <laughs> oh, thanks. It felt like, I think if you strung it together, Newcastle month. Yes. You can edit that in, right? That's... <laughs> it's fine. It's <laughs> Mr. fine. Mr. Black. Fine. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for listening. I just, it's a big fan. I had some friends in Newcastle and they played music and they started a band and I was sort of like... It was so empowering to see that because it was kind of like it is actually possible to to play music in a band formation like it it happens and my friends were doing it it was sick yeah. and then I, I these two kids moved into I was from I'm from Kayama for those people who want to know um, mm-hmm. and these two guys uh, moved into Kayama um, and they were new kids at our school and they were in our class and they were brothers and it was Benjamin and Daniel Camplin. I want to say they weren't cool. They definitely weren't cool because cool in Kayama is like being able to surf and wear, yeah. you know, yeah. Shakas. Uh, no, Shakas. Is that what it is? That's Shakabra. Shakabra. <laughs> Boom Shakala. <laughs> also known as the Ridgy Ditch. The Ridgy Ditch. <laughs> right on. Well, it, they weren't that. They were definitely a different kind of vibe, but it was 
we totally uh, became really good friends and we both really liked uh, the Terminator movies and um, really liked Chris Farley and um, and David Spade films and just totally had and Wayne's World we like no one else in Kyamara had sort of even heard Wayne's World or knew it existed yeah, to my right. knowledge like none of my friends knew about it and I was like these guys know about Wayne's World crazy and then uh, we found out more about each other and it turns out their dad was a uh, pub rock muso in a band called Heaven's Hell oh. Devil Horns Up uh, that's it really and then they, they were like do you want to be in a band with and they were in the same position they were like we want to play music but we don't have instruments and we don't know how to play but do you want to do it and so that was the year 2000 and like for the next four years we were just like we're a band and then it was like but you didn't have any instruments didn't have any instruments what we used to do is put on uh, Roland by Limp Bizkit on a stereo really loud and just jump around and we called that band practice <laughs> that's great oh my god um, yeah so it was a lot of lot of faking it until we made it but we never made it so it was like well we sort of made it it felt like we made it when it was like I don't know because then I was sort of 16 and like um, playing in this band and by then we'd gotten instruments and we're playing <laughs> playing shows Which and is stuff. Handy. It's really good to, to have instruments if you want to do a show. Man, it'd be great if your first show was without instruments. Oh you're just standing there, just like da 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 da, standing into like singing your instruments into the mic. That would be so cool. Here we go. Yeah, I'm so like elated that you know that riff still. <laughs> it was a very good. There was a bit before I was 16. Uh, I was 13, and we were uh, we had a show at a community center. Was it, so this was your first show ever. First show ever, community center in Kayama. We weren't called. Laceration. No. Or what what were you called? We were called Paramark. Paramark. Because we thought paranormal. Everyone knows what that means. We'll make up a new word. And we made up Paramark. And it doesn't... I, I, you know. Paranormal Mark Paranormal. Yeah, fuck. We were big Mark Wahlberg fans. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's it. Paramark. And uh, we had two other dudes in it. And we did Grinspoon covers. And uh, Smashing Pumpkins covers. And uh, it was really cool. And then after that... What were that, you playing? Bass? I was playing bass and singing really badly. <laughs> playing bass bad and singing bad honestly, also <laughs> yeah and that was it and then uh, those two dudes left uh, and Laceration came on when we were like we need a drummer Dan didn't know how to play drums didn't have a drum kit picked it all up in an afternoon that was it easy yeah and then he got lessons later but <laughs> yeah so was the whole alternative rock thing what, what made you kind of prick up and be like that's what I want to do that's what I want to be like you yeah. know like you know, like you mentioned Grinspoon and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, was it that sort of stuff? Was there's, that... there's actually a like a moment when it happened. Oh, really? Truly. It was, okay. I was watching the Arias uh-huh. um, with my family and my sister's boyfriend at the time was like, you should really listen to Frenzel Rom because they were doing a performance at the Arias. I pretended I was cool and that I'd heard Frenzel Rom before. I hadn't. I had Triple J on in the house and stuff, so I actually had heard them like through osmosis, but I wasn't actively engaging with it or listening to them. Yeah, yeah. And then it happened. Like they it was, they were closing the show, I think, or they might have been the second last on or something. And it was just insane. They wheeled Jay out on the um, hospital bed, and he started singing those. Uh, Never had so much fun. When the band kicked in, like blood started bursting out of his neck. There's footage on YouTube if you could. If oh, you, I'll have to find it. Oh yeah. my god! And it's the next 
minute, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, music is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It's what I love. There's nothing cooler than what is happening right now. And it was instantaneous. In, like, like I couldn't... It was immediate. Immediate. Wow, that's incredible. As in it happened quickly. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. The, the next day I had... Like, I just... Because my sister liked cool music. Um, so I sort of knew about bands. Like, I'd heard bands' names before. So the next day at school I just wrote every single band name, band name that I knew of on my pencil case. And I had, like, Blink and Green Day and... Frenzel. Frenzel took over my life for a time. Yeah. Like, it was big, a big <laughs> thing. Like, um, I wrote them fan, fan mail and stuff. Oh, that's so I heard, cute. Speaking of which, I heard of your fandom with The Cruel Sea the other day. I was yeah, listening to right. the Hottest yeah. 100s. Yeah, yeah. We had a very similar, like, thing. Like, not... Well, actually, yours seemed to, like, sort of fruit... Like, take <laughs> fruition to, like, an actual entity. I just wrote them a letter once, and they wrote back, and it was sick. Oh. So but, fucking um, great, though. Yeah, it's so like I don't know. It's hard to describe how yeah. it's easy now. In today, if you heard someone say, "Oh, I'm friends with like Lindsay from Friends of Rome," you wouldn't go, "Oh, that's really out there and weird. How could that possibly <laughs> happen?" But to me, these people are gods. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? I, I still have to do double checks every now and then. It's just oh. like, oh yeah, I'm I know Lindsay McDougall. You know, I don't know. Meeting your idols is weird. Yeah, I'd just be like, <laughs> what I could... was legitimately too nervous to talk to Jay Wally for years. Oh like, my god, I only became friends with him like last year what's he like fucking awesome. I bet he's, he's awesome yeah, right he's, a yeah. he's gonna oh, I'm gonna try and get him on the podcast at some point as well so uh, yeah I'd be listening after that yes. like oh my god what else apart from friends are like what kind of stuff were you well, yeah, exposed then, to so yeah. was your siblings that were showing you yeah stuff? yeah sort of Pretty much. My, my brother has always been into sort of more India, I guess, like, I don't know really what to call it, but sort of, he was into the band, his name is James, and he's uh, he was really into that band, James, you remember oh, that band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um... That is on fire! That one, the, um, the one I knew really well was the the big hit that they had. I don't remember. Sit down. No, the, um, getting away with it all. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Such a good song. He was into that. We both heard Weezer on the radio, it was like, oh my god, this is so good. But, yes. um, Weezer and... Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters in the like late nineties, early two thousands were yeah, like, yeah, of course, yeah, you know what I mean. When it was cool to like Foo Fighters, oh my yeah. god, like so cool, the coolest. Like those film clips, yeah, unbelievable, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, my sister and stuff as well. She was into, she was into a bit like heavier stuff. Like she, her first big day out was nineteen ninety nine, and that was the same year that I started being into music. So the year that she went was like Corn, Marilyn Manson, Soulfly. Courtney yeah, Love yeah. Yeah, Hole played Yeah yeah It cost 60 bucks mm. Isn't that crazy <laughs> 60 bucks to see All those bands Crazy Well that was probably A lot of money back then Yeah probably <laughs> Yeah forget about that <laughs> It's yeah. just inflation man This yeah. shit happens Yeah I know nothing About money or economics oh. As you can probably tell <laughs> But yeah no Corn and Limp Biscuit Were big Like we sort of went To Frenzel I don't know Something I don't know Just heavy Just stuff that was Sort mm. of like that people would listen to and if they and it'd be like what the fuck is this like I'd have it on really loud and they'd be like this is crazy this is really loud and you can't understand what they're saying listening to it now it's ridiculous it's yeah. like everyone can understand every single word yeah of course yeah. Well, at that age you were just you know completely shocked by the whole thing oh shocked and like, just what the fuck is going on here and I, I guess I always sort of knew that it was like a show or something like, a, like it wasn't real like I saw like I, I told my friends when I was like in year five that I really liked Marilyn Manson because the songs were so heavy and cool and I could tell that he was weird and they were just like they couldn't understand they were like how can you like 
Marilyn Manson. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. You know, and it's sort of weird to think that now because now it's like so lame. <laughs> I guess that also comes from my auntie. My auntie's really good. My parents as well. My parents and my auntie are really cool people. My auntie is an artist and she lived in Newtown um, when I was living in Kiama and I used to spend like summers there learning to paint and stuff. And Aww. she took me to this exhibition of this dude called Lee Bowery. Have you heard of him? Can't say I have. He's this performance artist dude and he was um, big in the 80s and he's born in Perth, I think, and he went overseas to have this art career in England and he used to do these really obscure, like really weird performance art fashion pieces. Like he was a really, really big dude, really, really heavy set and he used to like get stitched into these really tight like bondage suits sort of thing. Re- and like sort of like asphyxiate and that was like the show and getting exposed to it and I was like nine when I went to this exhibition that's fucked up dude it's fucked up but that's the thing like I sort of learned that in the world of I not learned but my opinion is that in the world of art that it's you can do some fucked up shit and it's sort of like as long as you're not hurting anyone really you're doing an okay thing yeah I sort of took that mentality onto the music that I like and you know so I liked Eminem that was a big thing oh of course yeah yeah, yeah. Anything that was kind of weird, kind of like people that were like, hey, that's, anyone who had that same reaction of, oh, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. that's like, that's sort of what I was into. Kind yeah. Of, kind of tickled me. What you're presenting, it's like a very eclectic uh, collection of, you know, styles of music and art forms, etc., etc. And I, yeah. I guess that's kind of reflected in the kind of music that you've made over the years because, you know, you've played, it's what you started out playing, what you play now is very, like, considerably different. Yeah, it's different, but it's from the same place. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think you can appreciate this because you have a very eclectic music taste as well. Like, it's... You're transmitting a message no matter what you play. And my message comes from feeling kind of like a weird dude. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, So, I'm still into heavy music, but when I was playing, into playing heavy music, that's how it translated. Like, weird dude playing heavy music transitioned into weird dude playing acoustic music yeah sure <laughs> but yeah no it's, it comes from the same place right yeah okay mm. so Last Direction is in full swing by the time that we made yeah yeah talk us through some of the highlights of, of that band because well, you know that was, a, that was like you said a big part of your life for a while it's a huge part of my life I didn't have an adolescence really I just played in Laceration like I didn't have any of the experiences that teenagers would have really you know like I wouldn't go out to parties or um, I wouldn't go out drinking. I wouldn't... Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't have any friends. I had these two dudes, and that was it. And every single, like, weekend would just be band practice for, like, both days, Saturday, Sunday, just, like, eight or nine hours a day yeah, practicing yeah. really fucking hard. Um, not being very good musicians. No, of <laughs> But just practicing really hard, getting really good at what we did. And that, that was it. It took up my whole life. Like, I was going to die being in laceration. You know what I mean? Like, that was, so what changed? You grow up. <laughs> sure, you do, but yeah, like, at what point did you realize it had kind of run its course? I guess when high school ended. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, that was the same with my band, too. Really. Oh, I loved your band. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. It kind, of, it kind of really spoke to me on a level of, like, these guys aren't doing exactly what anyone else is doing. They're doing themselves, you know, fucking that, that tickles me so much, dude. And that you're continuing to do it, like, yeah, in your... Yeah. Your career, but um, career, I guess so. Ironic quote marks, yeah. Career, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, high school ended, and it's, you get a weird it's like I had to make decisions about what the rest of my life was going to be, and 
uh, so did they. And mm-hmm. tragically, actually, the only reason it really ended was that one of the dudes uh, fell into like a like a inverted commas bad crowd, and uh, started spending a lot of time like uh, doing. It. I yeah, I feel weird talking about this because it's kind of like. This is people's like family's life. It's not like he's like, a, <laughs> yeah, he's fell into the with a rough crowd and spent his time sort of doing what they do and hung out with them, and we were kind of just left without a drummer. And then we found a dude called uh, Brian who now plays in a band called Fesket. We always played in Fesket. They were like a '90s hardcore band from uh, Penrith. The Riff? Are they Penrith? No, Campbelltown. Oh my god. Yeah, right. Yeah, Penrith. And the, <laughs> Penrith. Oh my god. Campbelltown. He drummed for us and we did a thing called Foreign Flags. And it yeah, was like. That's right. Yeah, did you ever see us? Uh, we had two shows, it. three yeah. shows. <laughs> three ever, yeah. Three right. ever. And um, it was fun, but yeah, kind of. And then I, I've kind of realized then that the person I wanted to be and the person that Ben. Ben was the other dude that was with me through those two bands. Uh, we're just different, different people and we had different ideas and. Uh, I wanted to really get into the artistry of making music. I wanted to really get into like people doing weird shit and doing that. And Ben just wanted to rock. Um, favorite thing Ben's ever said. Ben is my friend from high school and primary school who we just talked about those people yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about. Ben got lots of tats really, like as soon as he turned eighteen. And um, it was around the time when Miami Inc. was like a real thing that people watched. And um, yeah. I think it still is. I'm not sure, but he definitely watched it. And he saw lots of people having like themes for their like ink and being like oh it's like a it's like an oriental theme or it's like the dragon's my protector and this is the theme is that like you know the dragon's life and that's the story that's being told in my body his was like <laughs> this arm the theme is uh, naked chicks <laughs> and this arm is uh, flaming skulls <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the theme of his body that's what he wanted to put forward and that was yeah so that was it um, and then after God Rath- oh, no, after foreign flags I found a dude called Jacob Spinks who was to this day, one of my best ever friends. I found a dude. Shout out to Sphinx. Here. Shout out to Sphinx. Sphinx the Minx. Sphinx the Minx. <laughs> Sphinx the Minx. He'd appreciate that. Yeah, I hope he does. It's for him, baby. And I met it from him. I met a dude called Sam Clayton, mm-hmm. who also best dude in the world, best friend. And we did God Rest the Good Doctor with a guy. Do you know the band Vices? You know Vices? Yeah, I, yeah. It was Marcus. Marcus yeah. from Vices played drums in God Rest. Yeah, that was a fun time. That yeah, was, so. Yeah. So talk us musically through the transitions between Laceration and Foreign Flags and then Foreign Flags to God Rest. Sure. They're they each like considerably, at least considerably different. Yeah, so Foreign Flags was what I sort of wanted. Like Laceration was like Melvin's, Helmet, Corn, Deftones. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, slow, heavy. Post-grunt, like post, metal sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Foreign Flags was like that, but sped up. Like, I was listening to heaps of Gallows and Cancer Bats. I still fucking sure, listen to lots yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to be in, like, a Gallows-type band. I've always wanted to be in a Gallows-type band. Yeah, that's sort of it. And we just wanted to do, like... And also Maylene, like, that sort of, oh, like... Oh, sure, yeah. I was, safe hands, um, some of those dudes are, like, some of my best ever friends. And, and they were doing, like, a real Southern sort of thing. Yeah, and, you got uh, a shout-out in Dizzy's episode. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. I was very, very, very flattered, very I, I, touched. He's the coolest dude. Oh, I love him, yeah. But I sort of fell into safe hands through, um... Uh, James and Cameron Overend, who were, I spoke about them earlier being like dudes who played music and started a band. Jimmy Overend played guitar in Safe Hands, and he was his dad and my dad used to live together in the 70s. Mm. So that's how I knew them. We were family friends uh, from a young, young age or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And his brother Cameron played a band called Darkest White, which were like a death, I guess not a death core, but more death metal than death core. Like, it was kind of like a mix between the first Bring the Horizon EP and just cannibal corpse like 
corpse grinder camel corpse it was sick and they were right into southern metal doom metal and i was like yeah let's get into it and that's what foreign flags was and then after that my music like through that i it was actually uh, like my girlfriend at the time was like right into lightspeed champion because um, she was a big Test Icicles fan. Yeah, sure. Um, and then through her, I started getting into Lightspeed Champion, which took over my life as well. That was big time. Yeah, yeah. And Test Icicles as well. Like, that was fucking... When I first... I've actually... It's weird. I actually started loving Test Icicles when I found out they did a thing with MC Lars. Mm. <laughs> that was sick. Um, so Test Icicles kind of led into a Lightspeed Champion thing. Lightspeed Champion kind of led me into Test High School's Block Party. That was sort of what yeah, God like Rass was. Revival sort of yeah, revival Yeah, Rapture. It's sort of like the next wave of Britpop. You know, like when it was like the Wombats, the Wombats' first album and Block Party, Test High School's Rapture, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what God Rass basically was. And then, yeah, through that I sort of started liking Lightspeed Champion and that opened my door, opened my eyes to like Bright Eyes... Bright Eyes sort of took over from there. So Bright Eyes is sort of the transition. So let's calculate. Yeah. <laughs> let's was alt metal, grunge metal. Yep. More speedy alt metal. Yep. Grunge metal. Post-punk revival. Yep. Post-post-punk <laughs> acoustic. Yeah, like alt country. Alt country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that, here yeah. I am now. So tell us a little bit more about Godrass. Yeah, well, it's just really fun. Just a really cool uh, time. To, so you were playing guitar in I was, that band. Yeah, I was playing guitar. Um, I was writing songs with uh, Sam. Sam has this, like, beautiful ability to write music. I was saying, I think I started playing acoustic music as well because of him. Because it was, like, so lyrical, so heartfelt, but um, also just so poppy as well. Poppy and yeah, sure. fun. Um, if you ever, if you're ever checking out, if you ever want a fun time, you should check out the Just Us League, which was Sam's old band. Really cool. Where do you find that? Where is it now? I don't know. I guess it'd be on MySpace or Triple J on Earth, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Just Us League. Um, yeah, uh, and that was like acoustic punk music, and that's also another thing that got me into like my acoustic stuff that I'm doing now. But God rest. What we're talking about? Writing songs with him. Both love Block Party. Both love Deep Climb Blue. Both love Test Icicles. And we just we sort of just spoke each other's language, and we're just on that same wavelength creatively, and mm. had a lot of the same ideas personally as well. Just just being best friends, you know what I mean, and just having like so, that sort of connection like that, and just listening to each other's like ideas about art and stuff. We just endless like we would just hang out and we just collaborate the whole time, whether it be like drawing or making posters or writing music. Or like learning how to sing things, or looking up lyrics and stuff, because we busked as well, and that was mm. sort of, yeah. It's a, I, I really wish I had like a linear story for you. It's probably really confusing people <laughs> listening. It's like, oh, and then we listen to this, and that. It's my personality. Type. No, no, it's all over the place, man. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's a, it's like memento or some shit. Yeah, kind of. You got to piece it together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but that's so, yeah. By this point, you'd moved up to Wollongong from Kayama. No, I stayed in Kayama. I was, really? I was living in Kayama. When did you move up to Wollongong? I never moved there. I just was living. You were there. No, I spent a lot of fucking time there. Uh, Me and my our friend Josh. Shout out to Josh Davis, best dude in the whole world. Um, he lived in a house that we called the Crack House. Not the same Crack House as Adam Bunches. No, yeah. Um, and that was Pat- a great... Ca- it, it's, it's so warm doing that there's more than one crack house, <laughs> More than one, like, very iconic crack house. <laughs> the crack house too. Crack, crack- harder. <laughs> and it was cracked. Cracked out. Um, Say crack again. Crack. <laughs> Say it at Josh's 
like a lot because I would study there and I was working in Fairy Meadow and then I'd come back um, and I'd stay there sort of through the week and on holidays and just hang out all the time and play lots of music and uh, write lots uh, just in like little books and stuff And but I'd also spend lots of time on trains yeah, going to Kaima and back again so yeah I never really moved up to Wollongong but I spent a lot it, I would call it a home like yeah. I spent a lot of time there like new like uh, Otis Bar oh yes yeah, that, like, that was a time it really was a time it was such a good place do you remember the um, there was a really guinea fowl at Otis Bar do you remember that oh yeah that's right it was John like Steel Singers yeah Ma- Megastick Fanfare fucking Oh, parades, like Philly Jays. Al- yeah, there. did Philly Jays play there? Yeah. That would be sure. sick. Yeah. That would be so good. Um, Allies. Andy Ball, yeah. Yeah, oh, man. And But that's how, but that's, the Otis Bar was like where I started to play like, solo music. Yeah, Was right. that, yeah. And that was, my first show there was supporting, I think you might have been there actually, Wolves at, Wolves at the Door and... What well, was the first thing of slow waves? They were first. Paper they were, Moon. Yeah, no, but they were the first slow waves show. Yeah, right, you right, right. Them. So they just changed. Yeah, right. Good yeah, band. Crazy. Such a good band, though. Yeah, they were amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, I just caught up with Nick the other day. Oh really? How, yeah. How's he doing? He's doing very well. He's getting married in October as well. Congratulations. Muslim top to Yeah, you, shalom. Russo. Yeah, beautiful, um, beautiful man. So, at what point did did Godrest kind of run its course? Was um, that just a uh, Thing where you just weren't interested in that sort of stuff anymore, or was it no, just logistically? Logistically, really hard. Sam uh, started college at the Sydney College of Arts, so he was living in Sydney, right? Um, and I was like doing uni and stuff, and it was hard to sort of coordinate each other. And there's also a, when you're so similar to someone, there's also a lot of like not tension, but things can blow up really uh, quickly. Like we. Like sometimes I'd be really pissed at him, and I couldn't. I couldn't really pinpoint why. I think it was because I was like so similar to him. But that's not why we broke up. I was just just a side note. Uh, <laughs> we broke up because he went to Japan and had to do his. Not had to. He went to Japan to teach English for a year, and I was like, I still want to really play music, so I just do it myself. And I went to England as well for like a, a little while, for just under a month, and I wrote a bunch of songs over there. And, um, yeah, I got back and was like, yeah, that's it. I can do music by myself. So the first solo show was, was at Otis Bar? No, actually. Uh, wait, I, I just remembered that it wasn't that at all. Um, okay. I said that, wasn't it? Walls of the Door. It was with a band called... Oh, this Christian band with lots of members in it. Um, Listen, oh, tastes like chicken or smells like chicken? No. What the fuck are they called? Sounds like chicken. Not, not you'd call fucking... What? Sounds like chicken. Do you remember Sounds Like Chicken? No. They were a Christian ska band. Oh, it wasn't a ska band. It would have been, I would have been down for that. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, cool. I had heaps and heaps of members. Um, uh, God. It was Wollongong band. With, Christian band with heaps of members. Lots and lots of people. Um, oh, someone in the somethings or something. It was like a... Oh, my God. Someone in the somethings. Someone a, in the somethings. It was them. Um, yeah, that was them. And it was because God rest were booked to play a show and uh, they couldn't do and it. And you played instead. I yeah, played right. instead. And, um, yeah. And it was actually, because it was like a Christian band, they have like a sort of built-in audience. So they had lots of people from church come. So it was like a packed room. And I was playing these songs and stuff. It was pretty nerve-wracking. But, um, yeah, that was my first show. It was at the, uh, not the Cabbage Patch, but what was that other place? They, it's, uh, long you saw Boy and Bear there. And uh, the Harp. The Harp. It was the Harp Wollongong. First show, Harp Wollongong. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. Okay, so transitioning into the solo stuff, was that, mm. I don't know, like, you, you, at this, up to including this point, you'd been uh, a side player, you know, like being the bass player and, you know, being the I guitarist, was... you know, person on the side. And, and now it was all eyes on you up front, you know. I was that kind of, Were you scared? Well, yeah, did it kind of add a lot of pressure to what you were doing? I still am terrified. <laughs> it's really scary. Um, like, I was always in those other bands. I was the person in charge like I did all yeah. the things but I was never up the front it's a strange transition to be up the front I, and having just me like it was really scary and yeah, I'd be worried about how my voice was sounding and I still am worried about how my voice is sounding and whether sure, I'm copying yeah. people or whether people will be bored like I'm such a fan of music that I fucking like I feel really bad when people don't like what I do <laughs> like I feel personally responsible <laughs> I don't know because um I know I shouldn't, but that's just one of my own things that i got to work on. But in my head was like, I wanted to just do it no matter what, even if I was the shittest thing in the world, I was going to do it, hammer and tong. And that was going to be my thing, that I was just doing it. Yeah. But also fucking wanted to be good. <laughs> also <laughs> wanted to be really good and have people go, oh, wow, remark on, wow, he's really good at doing those things. You've managed to get an audience where people really respond to that. And, you know, you've, you've gotten to play with some pretty amazing people. Thank you, you know, so, so much for saying that. I, having an audience that responds to something, that's a nice thing. That's a nice thought in my head. So thank you for putting that. No, down. you're welcome, thank dude. You. Like, even even like at those like super like hardcore shows that that you get asked to play, it was always hilarious because they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm really into like Storshin and Shy Halud, Jack Riley." <laughs> and just like, oh, what are those things? It's not like yeah. <laughs> you. You were very much in with the tattooed. Uh, tough guy tumbler crowd for a while which is really yeah, funny yeah I'd say I'm still I'm, I don't hate those dudes <laughs> no not, no I'm not, I don't hate them at all I, yeah. I, just, I just thought it was really funny that you, know, yeah. you were like their go to guy for ages <laughs> really you know, like Timmy and Reese and all that crew yeah they, well, what I loved about those dudes is that they, they had an open mind about music I think they always always at least to me I don't know if that's I don't know if they still feel like that but they were always like we want to do mixed bills we want uh, different musicians playing on the on the shows and I also like that they were just doing things as well like just putting on shows I really appreciated that playing with people has been really cool playing like shows with people has been amazing that's sort of sort of why I do it so I can get to play shows with people that are better than me <laughs> and I get to do that a lot like it's really cool it's been kind of sporadic the, the last 18 months or so we yeah. haven't seen as much of you obviously you, you, from what I'm gathering the passion is still there mm. but like uh I don't know what what uh, what plans do you have? Do you want to get back into playing more? Are you, you going to release anything? Like, yeah, you've been sitting on a lot of those songs for quite some time. I have, and I've, to a certain point, they've sort of done their cycle. They've, they're, it's like a fruit cycle; it yeah, gets yeah, ripe, yeah. and then you get over it. Some of those songs have. I don't know. I've just really wanted to take my time and do something I'm super proud of. Sure. And while I'm at a stage where it's not like people are forcing me to do anything there's there is no pressure for me to to do anything outside of the pressure that i put on myself yeah yeah i want that pressure that i put on myself to come to a place come from a place of like i hope you do something really good instead of i hope you do something really quickly mm. and but for a long time that was flipped i just wanted to get it done and that was it and that was that was the fun of it, it was just recording something on my phone and releasing it on SoundCloud and getting 100 plays and then deleting it when I got sick of it and doing it again. Yeah, yeah. I've been sitting on material that I really like, like sort of workshopping it, working things, thinking about like where textures would go in and yeah, like yeah. thinking about whether my voice actually fits in that register or 
whether those lyrics mean enough or whether they don't mean enough or whether they mean too much. So I haven't played many shows live, but I've really wanted to get my songs to a point where it's like, oh, Duke can write songs. You know, like he's he's not just... I've always thought that. Oh, thank you so much. But I've kind of, to me, my music has kind of just felt like diary entries. And now I'm wanting to do it a bit more structured and a bit more like songwriter songs. So I've been listening to a fuckload of different music, trying to absorb as much culture and passion and art and uh, music and uh, life, I guess. Life has been a big thing to absorb, to put into my music. Like, I'm working full-time. I live with my partner, and it's really cool. We have a really boring, awesome life. We trampoline a fuckload, <laughs> and it's sick. And it's sort of that, just sort of getting the swing of life and really normal things, and then seeing the beauty in that and then drawing the beauty from the other things that I was into always so yeah. um, trying really hard to put all that together into a something that sounds good <laughs> to me yeah, sure. so yeah it's, it's coming it's That's coming and then after that. that happens there'll probably be more shows fucking A yeah. that's good to hear man yeah alright so we'll wrap up here but before we do that I, I'm sure you know what's coming yes <laughs> I've been trying to think about what my best and worst have been. Well, okay. Well, just for people that uh, have not listened before, I ask all of my guests their best and worst uh, experiences have been as a performer. Uh, you're free to start on either or. Uh, go for it. Worst one was when I played in God, played with God Rest at a bar called Tories in Kayama. We wanted to approach the show. We knew that it would be like a sort of semi-hostile thing because Kayama's a very... Uh, beach surf culture sort of tough very built people are very built there <laughs> and we definitely weren't very into sports and we weren't we weren't that at all we were com- the complete opposite and we wanted to really like we came from a point of we're going to be like it was like a test high school show we wanted to be like in your face and weird and we want people to go that's fucking so weird I can't get behind it and that was empowering for the first like for the first minute <laughs> but then we just, but then I was like oh we're actually not playing well and I think that shit only really works when you're playing fucking excellently, like Totally Unicorn. Like, it's it's awesome, and they're really, really good. But if you're not into it, you're not into it. But yeah, yeah. if you are into like, this would be, be like, oh, it didn't come across as, like, we're being in your face and weird. It came across as, like, these people can't play music. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. That was the worst one. And we got threatened, uh, threatened to be stabbed uh, after the show. Uh, Jacob's dad was there and uh, he turned his back on the show <laughs> on the show while we were playing and uh, he had a real go at me and Sam and said look he said Jacob could be the best singer in Australia <laughs> and he's, you guys are holding him back and I think he could be the best singer in Australia but I don't think that's our responsibility but uh, yeah he said that yeah no it was pretty crap time best I don't know I think I really liked Will, playing with Will Wagner at Newtown Social that was really cool yeah that was an awesome show it was a very very fun time Georgia and uh, Iona from Great Cynics too mm. that was a fucking good bill so nice everyone is so nice yeah at that in that scene and at that show everyone was so cool playing with Kevin Devine was really cool yeah that was great that was it was a good time um it was cool to talk to him. It's weird. We have a very sort of similar personality and our conversation style is the same. We're both very interested in what the other person is saying. So it kind of, <laughs> there's a few silences there that were kind of like, we love this. Like it was like, <laughs> Kevin Devine is cool. Like the first, um, he was the first dude that I saw play music solo and it'd be really dynamic and interesting and fun. Except for Obscure Hale. He was the actual first. Shout out to Sean. Shout out. We love you, man. You heard his new single? Yeah, it's unreal. So tight. So tight. He's on tour right now. Hope it's going well, Sean. Yeah, we love you, man. 
Best show is that one and any one that I've played with Sean. Yes. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Mm. Jack, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been really lovely to, yeah, take a little trip down memory lane and uh, look into the life thus far of Mr. Jack Richard Riley. It's been Th- fun, man. Thank you so much, Dave. Shout out to you for, like, uh, living the life, man. It's so good. <laughs> well, someone's got to live it. It might as well be me. Yeah, well, do it, man. Um, Thanks, bro. No worries. Cheers. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, yeah, the single is called Submerged. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Fantastic. Okay. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in Gotham. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.